podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. How does the offer of free beer sound to you? As a loyal listener of the show, we'd like to reward you with just that free beer. Uh, thanks to our friends at beer52.com, you have the opportunity to sip eight free exclusive craft beers from around the world. All you need to do is go to beer52.com slash whistleblowers and for just four ninety five in postage, the rest of your beer will be free. What's more, the Whistleblowers listeners get an additional two extra free beers. So doing the mass, that's 10 free beers. Beer 52 are essentially craft beer pioneers. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beer from the greatest small batch breweries that you can find. Uh, No surprise that they are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, Beer 52 deliver a case with a different theme. Themes have included Germany, Korea, Norway, South Africa, California, Finland and many more, but they haven't forgotten their roots. As an independent UK company, Beer 52 are also passionate about the UK craft beer scene. The beauty of Beer 52 is they they don't hold you to ransom. There's no lock-in you can leave at any time. Uh, You basically order your eight beers, your ten beers in fact, see if you like it, and if so, subscribe. Jump in, jump off. Your first box will be sent to you the next day. As well as the best, most interesting beer money can buy, your case will include the award-winning craft beer magazine, Ferment, which includes the theme and individual beers you'll receive and a cheeky snack is thrown in. Just go to beer52.com slash whistleblowers. That's beer52.com forward slash whistleblowers to get your first case of 10 beers for free. First pod of the decade. Uh, nice to have you back, Mark. Um, it's been a strange couple of days and a few weeks, maybe for yourself. It's been lovely. Internet to have a, sensation. I'm a viral global sensation now, and you must treat me with respect. I'm amazed you came I d- back. I deserve respect. I, but not, not that viral. I mean, our own producer hadn't even seen it. Uh, but yes, Martin, I went pretty viral with a fine tweet i felt i felt paternal pride uh, when i when i saw it and then sickness as it gained momentum and then i could just imagine you sat in your throne just delighted throne. with yourself <laughs> just i you know imagine it's some yeah. sort of shitty throne well it was a tweet about um a mastermind contestant wasn't it and the, the question she was asked was something about greta thunberg she hilariously answered sharon and that's it. That's not that that's funny, it. it's not that good, but it went pretty big. Sometimes your best work is your simplest stuff, Mark, and if, if that's anything to go by, I'm, I'm surprised you're not bigger. <laughs> this, this is what I built the podcast on. <laughs> Be as simple as possible. Well, uh, to keep it even simpler, we've got we've just, we've just gone for guys with the same initials to phone in and help us out. We've yep. got two JPs. We've got a Jack Pitbrook, who's friend of the pod. So that's JPB, though, isn't it? Well, it's double-barreled. You can give me some poetic license. Yeah, no, go ahead. Uh, and we're also joined for the first time by... Um, Rock star, yeah. football coach, bassist for the Coral, <laughs> percussionist, percussionist. You don't care, do you? Uh, in terms I of musicians, I was, but you I wasn't would really care if you met this episode because I was yeah. too busy sort of replying to my tweets. You were that's, letting. That's what I do now. Martin. I know. I'm a global internet sensation. Yeah, no, it was a pleasure to have Jack Prince on from uh, the Coral. He's uh, top man, altogether top man. You can check out some of their stuff. Check out him on on social media. Sorry, Mark? it's a good show though today. It was a really good show. Yeah, and I think that if you do like it, hey, it's 2020. Do us a favour, do yourselves a favour, do your friends a favour, tell them about our podcast, get them to subscribe, uh, and then we can uh, keep on making them. Word. Oh, 
All right, so first up, as guests, I, I started the call slightly abruptly, Mark, so I'm just going to smooth into this and give Jack a little bit more of an introduction. We've got Jack Pitbrook, who uh, ex-independent journalist, but also... Um, one of the guys that moved over to the Athletic and who's writing some brilliant long form stuff. He, he's one of the. I think he's one of the best journalists we have at the he minute. Really I is. Think he's, in fact, all that independent stable. Miguel was still at the independent, but, Miguel but Jonathan Lou, who's who's now gone to uh, the Guardian, yep. and Jack Pitbull has gone to the Athletic. Really, really great group of writers there. Uh, yep. Any of their stuff, if you ever see it pop up on your timeline or whatever, definitely check it out. Yep, if you haven't already. Um, we have a little chat him about the FA Cup because obviously it has its questions. There's some been some brilliant stuff this weekend. I'm just. Going going to go through a couple of the results, Mark, because I know that you didn't see all of it. Can, so I, everyone can I talk to... about the FA Cup for a second? Yeah, of course you can. Because I traditionally absolutely love the FA Cup, and as a kid, you'd wake up and it'd be four or five hours of build-up before the FA Cup final, wasn't I'm sure, I'm, I'm not misremembered yeah. that, have I? There used to be, the whole day would be FA Cup build-up, right? There's Lainham. Yeah, and you, you don't have that anymore, all right, fine. But it's so hard to continue that level of enthusiasm for a tournament when the clubs don't have it. And I understand there's lots of reasons why they don't have it, you know, over congestion of, of games. I understand. And they need to protect their players, whatever. But it's so hard to get up for a game where half the players aren't even, aren't even in the squad. Not even on the, on the pitch. They're not in the squad. So why can I give a shit if they can't? You make, you make excellent points, Mark. I would... I'll point you to the fact that we're talking about this rather than the brilliant results of the weekend. So, for yeah. instance, Watford are 3-0 up against Tranmere. Tranmere claw it back to three. Incredible. You've got Fylde, who are the only non-league team still in it, given Sheffield United a brilliant run for their money, lost 2-1, but could, could easily have got, got an equaliser. Yeah, in, in, in both those situations there, were Watford playing their strongest team? Were Sheffield United playing their strongest team? Well, yeah. Obviously not. This is what's... The, so the, the, the games that I remember, the ones that we've seen a million times, the Ronnie Radford, Hereford, yeah. all that sort of stuff, right? That was against opponents that were playing... Because it's the FA Cup, they played the strongest team. And to beat that team was a big deal. Now you're doing it against a second string. And yes, of course, it's still a big achievement. But it's not the same as it was. And I need to do something. And we do talk about this, I hope, with Jack in the phone call. But ways in which to get the FA Cup back on... Back on some sort of level... As the Premier League, maybe not, that will never happen, but somewhere near the Premier League in terms of status. Mark, it's some of your more co- coherent, uh, uh, that's the one, the one of the most co- coherent opinions you've ever given, so I'm not going to add to it, because it, right. it was actually perfect. I've got loads of other results I was going to go through. And that's coming from a viral sensation. So let's speak to Jack Pitbrook. Okay, well, uh, we're joined now by uh, Jack Pitbrook from The Athletic. Jack, how has your weekend been? Where have you been? Uh, hey, Martin. Yeah, it's been good, thanks. So I went to Manchester City against Port Vale. Um, for work, not pleasure. Oh, uh, standing in for Sam Lee, uh, and yeah, it, I mean, it was like it, it was basically exactly what you would expect to happen. In that, City changed half their team and still won pretty comfortably. I guess at, at one point it was one all, so there was like a maybe slightly more competitive tension than, than you would expect. But City played. City had a central midfield three of. Ilkay Gundogan, David Silva, and Bernardo Silva, which must be by a distance the the best midfield ever assembled against Port Vale in any fixture. <laughs> um, so, it, I mean, it wasn't a classic. I don't think anybody who was there will really remember it very for very long. But then it was, again, it was like totally, uh, it totally epitomised what most FA Cup games are like. I mean, yeah, going into that game, you sort of could guess what probably might happen and that, that's what happened in the end. But there was a storyline that was building for weeks before this with Tom Pope, and that ended up being the talking point afterwards and seemingly beyond, if, if his Twitter 
rantings or anything to go by. Class lower league, lower league striker twer there. Yeah, what did you what did you make of that whole situation? Uh, yeah, it was like the fastest milkshake ducking in the history of Port Vale and the FA Cup. Uh, yeah, it was like a reminder that you can't... Anyone you think might be good or cool or interesting is probably not. Yes. Um, yeah, so he scored... You know, he, all the, For listeners who don't know, he, he tweeted saying that John Stones was soft a while ago and that he'd score lots of goals against him. He then, in fact, scored a header... Uh, and not actually up against Stones, it was up against Taylor Harwood Bellis, City 17 year old centre back. And this was taken to be like a big triumph for him. And there was a lot of banter. And I think then there came out a story that he went into the city dressing room afterwards, and Stones didn't especially want to talk to him, but Mendy thought it was hilarious. Um, so I guess, like, in the scheme of, you know, like, it gives people a nice human interest story, but then it obviously, like, emerged pretty soon after that the bloke is also a colossal <laughs> uh with some very anti-semitic tweets uh went through his twitter he's also a transphobe um you don't have to and- go too far i would imagine either no uh, judging from i remember i played against i played against him i played against that port vale team and some some uh, some characters riddled throughout it and the fact that he's their spokesperson speaks volumes uh, i would suggest yeah, yeah, co- completely. I uh, was obviously discussing this with with friends on WhatsApp uh, yesterday, and one of my mates said, um, "You you wonder actually whether in the dressing room whether they all think he's like the professor with all his geopolitical <laughs> takes." <laughs> yeah, he, he's the t- he's the emeritus in the dressing room. Well, let's not listen. We're, well, we're lucky enough to have you on, Jack. I don't want to waste too much time talking about that because it, it's kind of been done. The, the bigger picture for the FA Cup, there's been some slightly more. Um, deeper thoughts about it and just questioning kind of its validity during this very busy period of time for the Premier League. Um, have you got any thoughts on that, Jack? I, I know that it's obviously been a really busy time for not just the players, but journalists as well. How, how do you view it from your side? Well, I like the FA Cup and I like the fact that you get fixtures that you wouldn't normally get. And sometimes they're really fun. And I've had, you know, I've enjoyed in the past going to grounds I wouldn't normally go to and sometimes the games are pretty good and the, and the upsets when you get them are great but but I, there we go there's, there's got to be a but yeah like the FA Cup is obviously a big victim in the Premier League um, one in the in terms that people ultimately people are only really interested in the Premier League I think that's something we've seen increasingly over the last 10 or 5 years is that the like the so much interest is just magnetised to the top six clubs in the league and it's very difficult to get much attention on almost anything else. Uh, so that's killed the FA Cup in a broader sense. I also think that like specifically third round weekend, which used to be a big deal, is kind of lost because because it is where it is. Like all, all the B's Premier League teams have just played what, three games in 10 days or whatever it is. Like J- yeah. James Milner got a hamstring injury. Harry Kane got a hamstring injury yeah. uh, at the end of the Christmas period. Obviously Premier League teams are not keen on playing all their best players in this game. And I wonder whether the FA, you know, there's lots of things we could do to improve the FA Cup. Um, well, I'm glad you said that, Jack. One, but one, like a very obvious one would be to move this third round of fixtures. I don't know when you do it, whether you do it, you have to do it either mid-December, I think, or mid-January. Yep. But early January is a nightmare because none of the good teams want to play their good players. 
Well, this is it. This is it. I mean, there's a there's a few good points that have been flagged today. Um, a few of them, we'll start with the, the Mark Ogden ones because he, he did a great piece for the ESPN and just looking at it. I mean, let's get a yay or no, or, or you know, if you've got any wider comments on this, and Mark, you can come in as well. But um, such as say, always play the lower the lower ranked team at home. What do you think of that one? Uh, yeah, that would be good. I what? think you know you, you would you would get more, you get better atmospheres. It would like slightly rebalance it away from the big sides. Yeah, it might induce the big sides to play some better players, perhaps. Yeah, I'm, I'm a yay uh, on that a one. Of, I'm a yay on that one, Martin. Yeah, I think that's a bit of a no. I th- yeah, yeah I, I definitely support that. It was, a soft, it was a soft one. It was an underarm ball to start with. Yeah. Um, Let's build it up then, Martin. Second, next ball? straight to penalties. So no, no replays. Game. No game, straight to penalties. <laughs> straight to pens. Straight to pens. <laughs> no extra time, uh, no replays, just straight to pens to decide it. How do we feel about that, gentlemen? Jack. Definitely. Yeah, go on, yeah. Jack. Definitely. Yeah, I'd love that. Like, As a journalist. <laughs> I always have this, this <laughs> classic journalist thing at the... Um, after the third and also to a lesser extent fourth and fifth rounds where after, on Saturday, Sunday evening when all the games are done, you're looking down the list of fixtures saying, God, I really hope like Tottenham, QPR, Arsenal, West Ham didn't draw because yeah. I didn't think I'd have to be doing a game in the middle of next week. Then all of a sudden you're at West Ham, Darlington with 4,000 other people mm. in the freezing cold watching watching a 1-0 win. Uh, so yeah, replays are bad. They're really, really but bad. What I'll say about this though, uh, Jim, Jim White on TalkSport talked about this today and caught a lot of heat on social media because he says the get, get, rid of, get rid of uh, replays as well. But actually, once you get past that, that elite level, Premier League and maybe even Championship, a lot of clubs really rely on those replays financially for, for a big chunk of their season revenue. So I think that it's, it's maybe a dangerous thing for those clubs, and, and which, by the way, those clubs are the ones that, for me, the FA Cup is still really for. It's a, a decent run, and I'm saying a, a non-league team just getting to the first round proper yep. can really change the, that, that club's fortunes for the next five years. Yeah, and even Rochdale, Rochdale getting the equaliser against Newcastle, they'll go back there and they have to split the gate receipts because yeah. Newcastle will still turn up. For, you would assume There's Newcastle fans. There, exactly, so th- there is that benefit. Let's, let's go into the next one because I'd, I'd say uh, me and Jack outweigh you there, Mark, but a uh, good point. Um, Thanks, man. The, is, there a minimum, is there an argument to play a minimum level of first teamers so you would have to play say six regular first teamers in a team so that you didn't get situations where you just had people putting out weaker sides discussed jack you were first um yeah i can see the argument but i i think those things are really hard to enforce yeah we've had this in the past like you remember, it's very very difficult for organizers to tell managers specifically which players they can pick and if they did that then you know that premier league teams would all of a sudden start inventing minor muscle injuries or tightness yeah, this is for true. players that they didn't want to play. So I, I actually think in practice that would be very difficult to make happen. Yeah, and also at the start of the season, they, they publish their first-team squad, which is 30 players deep a lot of the time. Yeah. So you can always go, well, actually, you know, he's in the first-team squad list there, therefore he's eligible to play here. So I think that's quite hard to... Uh, yep, agreed on nonsense well, for that one. Yeah. Um, there's a couple other nice ones. So in terms of getting... The crowds there, this is an element that was slightly depressing as well. I know Jonathan Lou wrote a great piece about it. You know, just the, the fact that it's quite poor atmospheres in some of these games that you, you just people can't afford to keep going to games. So maybe subsidies for away fans, either free travel, cheaper tickets. What do you reckon? When you say away, when you say away fans, I, I assume you mean that the bigger club are subsidising. Well, no, the actual tournament's subsidising it. So in, oh, see, in some right, way, okay. the, the, you know, they either subsidise it being cheaper tickets and the home team having to put that on, but it's subsidised by the right. competition. Or you know, just, just basically trying it's any way to increase the crowds. 
I, I am uh, very open to that, Martin. Uh, I see what Jack says, though, because I think he might be able to change my mind on it. Uh, yeah, I think it's good. I think clearly fans and a lot of match-going fans are not that enthused. And clubs, to be fair, already do make tickets cheaper for the FA Cup games for that reason, because season tickets are so expensive that yeah. t- fans don't often want to go. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, there's more than enough money floating around in football for, for this to be done. I definitely support it. OK, uh, this one's slightly more interesting in terms of the structure of, of the league, but would you scrap the Carabao, Jack? Um, well, I actually quite like the Carabao Cup because it's so... What I like about it is it's so low pressure. Like nobody in it seems to be desperately keen to win it, <laughs> except, for, except for when you get to, a, except for if you get like a, maybe a mid-team table team in the final. Like yeah. thinking like Swansea, but even then Swansea's final was against Bradford, wasn't it? Yeah. So people just appear um, in the final, don't they? They don't. Yeah, by the get time there. they beat Chelsea in the semis, they basically won it. Yeah. Um, it. But but because of that, it means it's fun. Like you always get these ridiculous like five fours and do you remember. Like the, the Liverpool Arsenal game the other week. Yeah, and the Kepa incident that we saw last year, Mark, when <laughs> yeah, he just yeah. went, I'm not coming off. It's a penalty shootout. It's the only thing I'm doing in the game. Yeah, I, yeah I, I, also, I, like, I like the idea of having two domestic cups as well. I'm a, I'm a big fan of being able to win the domestic treble. treble. Yeah. And I think that, okay, you, you could maybe enhance the prestige again of the FA Cup by dropping the Carabao, but I think you lose something else. And that's right. I think Jack's right. You get those mad results, those exciting results where... You know, it's a perfect storm of someone dropping off their team. And just, you know, like we saw last season with Derby and Chelsea, there's, there's strange stuff can happen, United and, and Derby as well, strange stuff can happen. It's, it's a fun tournament, much more fun than the quite sort of stoic FA Cup, I think. Yeah. That said, I am also very sympathetic to the arguments of, like, Klopp, especially, which is that there is simply far too much football. Yeah. Like, football is now so physically, at the top level, it's so physically demanding on the players that it's not fair to ask them to do it 60 times a season. Yeah. And if we're going to be piling on, as we pile on more friendlies and money raises and stuff in the summer, if there has to be a break at some point, or if something has to go, then you think it would probably be that. That makes sense. Listen, uh, thanks for joining us, Jack. Just, where are you this weekend? Where can we catch up with some of your work? I am at Tottenham against Liverpool on Saturday evening, which I think is going to go very badly for Tottenham. Lovely stuff. And we can obviously see your stuff on Twitter. Do you get, is there like a minimum free articles on Athletic? What's the deal with that for fans at the minute? Subscribe. Uh, it's worth it. It's, it's really good. I'm not just saying that. Yeah, you should online. subscribe. Really good. And yeah, I mean, we have a promo code, yeah. uh, which I'm not sure if I can plug that here. Spurs yeah, Pod. That's the podcast that I host. Oh. Uh, just done one today. Be out oh, hang on. You have a rival morning. podcast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm cut, so. cut, cut, cut. Uh, Theathletic.com forward slash Burst Pod. 40% off an athletic subscription. <laughs> Listen, Jack, thanks very much for joining us. Always a pleasure to have you on. Well, that was good, wasn't it? I think we answered a few of the questions we went into about, you know, how could it be made better, the slight problems that it has for the players and for journalists. Yeah, Jack's... Oh, Jack's just very good, isn't he? Um, there's also, well, you know, and Tom Rennie over at Talk Sport. Yep. He's got some really good ideas on, on uh, how to save the FA Cup. And he proposes that you, you play it all over a month. You play it all over January. So you have third, fourth, fifth round, you, the whole thing throughout the month. And therefore, you condense it. It becomes its own thing. You, any teams that go out early, well, they have a couple of weeks break. And that's not a bad thing. The rest of the, the, rest of the continent has a break in, in, over winter. Yep. I think it's not a bad idea. I think it would make it more like the way they do March Madness basketball, college basketball. Or the cricket. IPL. Or the cricket, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. I think I would absolutely... I'd love to see that. 
I'd love to see it. something different. It, yeah, we see cr- cricket as a good example. We see them try and reinvent the formats time and time again. They're not doing it for a laugh. They're doing it because they want to get more people on board and keep it relevant, right? And I think that's what you might have to do with something like the FA Cup because it's such an important thing. Well, this is it. historically that we don't want to lose it. We want to keep it important. So I'd say, yeah. You know what, Tom Rennie, if you're listening, yep, good point. Side. Good point, Tom. Something that uh, we might not be anywhere near happening, but at the same no. time, it's a pro- it's a proposal that's worth thinking about. Food for thought. Food for thought. We'll speak to you after the break. Hello and welcome to Seeing Red, a true crime podcast brought to you by me, Mark and my co-host Bethan. Each week we take a deep dive into the dark world of true crime. Cases have ranged from the murder of Christina Abbott, a high-class escort who was killed by a sadistic client, to the Peru 2, a pair of young women convicted of smuggling drugs in South America. Whilst always respectful to the victims of these crimes, we do like to tell each story in our own unique style, with humour and lots of f***ing swearing. Join us every Wednesday for a new episode of Seeing Red, a true crime podcast, wherever you get yours. Welcome back, guys. Uh... Following our FA Cup chat with a JP, Jack Pitbrook, we are now leading into our uh, rock and roll chat with the choral drummer, football coach, uh, all-round top guy, uh, Jack Prince. Did International Playboys, let's well, be honest. a little bit, yeah. I'm sure he's, he'd be delighted with us calling him that. Um, but yeah, um, he really is. He's Hanging a char- charming fellow and, and model. I think he did a little bit for, for Mundo with their, um, their Everton third kit. So yeah, let's have a chat with Jack and see what he's up to. All right, and for our second phone call tonight, we're joined by um, a resident percussionist in the choral, aspiring qualified football coach and a Spanish football fan and resident, uh, Mr. Jack Prince. How are you doing, Jack? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you very much for having me. Whereabouts in, whereabouts in Spain do you, are you? Whereabouts in Spain is home, I should say. It's home. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's in Barcelona. Barcelona. It's in Barcelona. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. That the, is the dream. I know it is the dream. Imagine being in a rock and roll band and living in Barcelona. Oh man! I know it makes me sick. He makes me uh, sick. Do you mind if I leave? Can I leave the room? I feel sick. Can I? Well, I mean, do you know what? It's, it, it, it must have been like two or three months since since I've been back. I mean, obviously we've been doing this tour. Um, what tour? Finished... What tour have you been up to? Tell we've been listeners. doing that tour with uh, Jerry Cinnamon. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. So we didn't finish up until the twenty third of December, which is um, in regards to touring, like quite late. You know what I mean? So, you know, I had to like pre-warn my mum. I think Christmas might be cancelled here. I was just like, I don't know. I was, I was thinking, you know, Glasgow, Glasgow, and we, you know, we had we had our Christmas night out there and all. Glasgow that. with Jerry Cinnamon. I imagine that's quite uh, a big night. Woof, woof! <laughs> it was a night. It was a night. It was a night. So uh, no, we made, we made it back alive in Christmas. Chris, Christmas did happen. Luckily, luckily, but yeah, no, it's, no, it's been good. Yeah, so she's been busy, but um, yeah, in regards to home, Barcelona, which is fantastic. And this time of the year, it's it's uh, you know, it's an incredible place to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been two or three months since I've been back. I'm flying back tomorrow, which is going to be, which is you know, quite refreshing to a degree. You know, so it's one of those kind of places, Barcelona. Where, you know, people talk about you know, everyone always kind of thinks it's like hot all year round, but you know, we're like hour and a half from the Pyrenees. So, you, you know, you can spend 11 till 3 p.m. on the beach, 
drive an hour and a half and then you can go skiing. Listen, you're not going to get any sympathy from us, Jack, for living in Buckingham, <laughs> There's no so sympathy please don't go in. down there. <laughs> I, I want to talk to you briefly about another thing over Christmas people might have seen you doing, which was a bit of a kind of, a, it was seen you in different pages, one in the music section, it was in the, in the sports section, The Guardian. How did that come yeah. about with Sid Lowe? Um, and what was it? Do you want to explain what, what it was exactly? Well, yeah, 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 it was a bit of a mad one, really. I mean, I kind of, like, get, like, embarrassed. I do, like, you know, in regards to, like, these kind of, like, situations. And there was a couple of, like, I'm not going to name them, but there was a couple of, like, publications and newspapers and stuff kind of, like, coming in. And they were just, like, look, you're in a band and you're doing your coaching badges. This is quite an interesting story. And I was, like, I was, like, no, no. I was just, like, look, I was just, like, can we, you know, you know can we not do this and stuff like that? And, um... I think it must have been about like eight months ago. Yeah. Um, I got a message off Sid, um, Sid Lowe. How do you know and, Sid? Uh, well, I mean, like, I mean, I've, I've kind of grew up with kind of like Sid's work. For me, he's you know he's he's, he's top 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 journalist, like the best yep. journalist, and read his books and you know and stuff like that, and kind of like grew up with his work. And then yeah, I just got a message and he was just like, I'm in Barcelona doing La, La Liga TV. Would you like to have dinner tonight? And I was like, fantastic, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so he turns up three hours late, which I do keep reminding him about. <laughs> Hang on, did, uh, did you wait for him for three hours? I waited for him, yeah. Wow. I waited for him. And I was, it was like, a test. I was Maybe like, it was a test. Yeah, he's watching you outside the whole I time. I know, yeah. I know. And I was just like, right, can I have a beer? Do you know what I mean? I was just about, I'll have one beer. I and think, then, you, know, I think you would have had a beer, Jack, definitely. Uh, who's that? Is that you, Greg? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had a couple of beers, yeah. I had a couple of beers. But I was just like, right. And anyway, Friends should be turning up, and then, we're, you know, we're, we're the last ones there in the bar, and, and fantastic. But, you know, Sid kind of touched on on the fact that he was just like, I've seen that you've been doing your coaching badges, and he was just like, um, maybe we should do a piece in regards to this. And obviously, like, beforehand, um, there was these publications coming in who wanted to talk about it, and I was completely embarrassed, again, in regards to it. And then once, once, once Sid was just like, can I, can I write about this? I was like... It's like fucking hell, yeah. So, so basically, he did a piece on your coaching, and then did a, and he came to the gig, didn't he? Well, yeah, it was yeah, it was gig first and then coaching. So yeah, it was like it, it, wow, yeah. In regards to um, getting it together, it was quick. It, you know, it was quite mad. It was all very, very last minute. So we just like, right, let's let's try and do the Liverpool gig, and it was kind of like our debut yeah. at the uh, MS Arena. Um, so we did that, and we said, can you do coaching the next day? And I was like, well, look, we're playing Leeds Arena the next day. Um, and you know, where's Sid from? Sid, where's Sid from in England? He must have loved that. Where is Sid from in England? He's gonna, he's gonna kill me. That I don't know this. But he, but he, he, he loved being over a bit with you. He's a Liverpool. He's a Liverpool. He's a Liverpool fan. Okay. Anyway, so he's not from Liverpool. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I got you. As an Everton fan, I just want to clarify that to any listeners, yeah. uh, which is yeah. which we won't bring up just now, Jack. We've just done the FA Cup with Mister Pepbrook, so absolutely. Yeah, so it was a case of just like, right, okay, so if we can see the gig and if we can do a coaching session the next day, that'd be fantastic, and we can tie it all in together. Um, so we played the show. The FAW were incredible. They drafted in some under 15s Welsh international players, um, Connors Key and Wrexham players. So we did that, we did the gig, and then um, I, had to, I had to go and DJ the after show with Nick Power, who's who's key, keyboard player in the choral. And, um, I, you know, I kept saying to Sid, he, he'd only just flew in from Madrid. And I was saying, look, look, you know, you don't have to come to the after show, you don't have to come to the after show, knowing that obviously, you know, you're going to be having a few drinks and, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be a late night. And he was like, no, I want to be very, very much part of all of it. Nice. Oh, my God. 
So we got it got to about like four o'clock in the morning. I was like, right, so I'm coaching in four hours time. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, so I, I was meant to I was meant to pick him up, uh, and he woke me up and said, so he had to get an Uber from Liverpool to uh, to Wrexham, which um, which is which is something he still holds against me as well. Yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> he, he was three hours late meeting me the first time, and then he had to get an Uber from 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 Liverpool to Wrexham. So it's one all. And in terms of your coaching badges, are you have you you're finished for the minute? Or are you uh, you lined anything up for that? No, I wish I wish it was finished. I mean, I, I hope I'm going to pass because bloody hell, the amount of uh, amount of coursework and paperwork I'm doing is, is is on another level. So I've got yeah, I've got another three sessions. I've got another three sessions. I'm, tomorrow I'm flying back to Barcelona um, with Espanol for for three days. Who so I'm very lucky enough to like work, work with to a degree. And then uh, yeah, I'm going to go down to the south of Spain. And just lie horizontal for a week, I think, and just try and like relax. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And then I've got to come back, go back to Wales. Then I've got three more contacts with the FAW, and then and then we'll see if I pass or not. Yeah, you know. And it's a case of just like, you know, I don't want to. You know, it's it's it's. There's a lot of hard hard work going into it. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and kind of like, people kind of say to me, you know what made you want to do it and and but it's kind of like something i've always kind of been interested in being like a football fan and like you know i, I used to uh, i used to teach you know drums and stuff like that i i'd kind of take like a lot of like get like a lot of reward from from well culture might be a new direction culture might be a new direction for you jack then it would seem well, it, it seems that way, doesn't it? Well, it listen, keep us posted on that, mate, and uh, and we look forward to speaking to you again, perhaps later in the year after you've had, you've had your holiday. Thank you. Uh, yeah, and hopefully if I've passed this UA for B licence, that'll be good as well, wouldn't it? Yeah. Good luck with that. Cheers, mate. Well, thanks to Jack. Good to speak to him. Uh, as always, hopefully he'll be back on before too long. Um, Mark, did you have anything to add about this weekend's game? So I've not even... Uh, yes, well actually I want to talk about something um, to do with my club, Derby County Because since I've last done the podcast with you, Grits Old Waz started playing for us He's not just Waz in the pipeline anymore He's on the pitch, <laughs> being our captain And we got a great result away at Palace in the FA Cup on Sunday uh, 1-0 at Palace We were brilliant And we were, VAR worked And VAR, we'll get to VAR in a second But we were brilliant we And I think Look we both, I think, appreciate how good Wayne Rooney was as a player. Unbelievable. A career, the stats speak for themselves. The, the, the reaction that the younger players have to him. Yeah, leadership. Absolutely speaks yeah, for itself. absolutely. Role model, well, maybe if, not If that. Rooney had never played a minute for Derby County, this still would have been a good, shrewd signing. Cause, and I hate to talk about football in these terms, but in terms of brand awareness for Derby County, there are now kids in China and emerging markets in Africa and yeah. South and America. Washington. Absolutely, who now know Derby County, who wouldn't have had a clue who we were before. So that on its own is a good thing. Marco Gabbiadini only gets you so much fame. I met him in a, a Jonathan James one, one Played time. against him. He's a very, very good player. Yeah, great. very good player. Yeah. Uh, but let's say he doesn't play a minute, but he's still at the club. What he has in terms of leadership, for, for what we've got a very good group of young players at Derby County, five or six guys who will be in the first team regularly in the next six months or so. Yep. To have Rooney... In that setup, just playing, training with them every day, yeah. is going to be invaluable. Yeah. But then, on top of all that, he actually does play for us, and he captains us, and he's been brilliant. He's had two yeah. games, he's been brilliant. Now, he's not the swashbuckling Wayne Rooney that we remember. He hasn't been that for ten years. But he is, he's already slotted in as the number one passer of a football in this division. Yeah. His range, short, long, mid, 
He's unbelievable. His nuts and bolts are quality. He's Absolutely quality. quality. And whenever he's had to prove himself, he's always proved himself. Yeah. He went to Washington, to, you know, obviously his second spell at Everton was very challenging, you know, as a pro coming off the back of United as well. A little bit of a slump. But yeah. whenever he's been asked a question, he's always found an answer and I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of time for him. And by the way, that, this guy's got under a million quid in the bank. He could have just gone and just sat and done nothing. But he loves football and yep. he wanted to, like you say, he wanted to prove himself. And he could, have, he could have done that anywhere. And he's chosen to go to a very difficult, very difficult division and do it uh, okay, we're one of the bigger clubs in the division, but we're not playing great at the minute. Yeah. For him to come in and do that, I think shows what sort of guy he is. Yeah, I like and that. I think it shows that he's serious about going into football management afterwards. So yeah, just and will, then, this might all fizzle out in a week. Well, I'll, I'll allow but, the, I'll allow your partisan musings at the minute because I yeah. think you're I think you're spot on. I think it's a really good, it's a really good thing to bring up because it's something that gets lost in all the other stories that are going on. The fact yeah. he's quietly going about his business um, and the fact that you know look what it did for Lampard. You know, if Rooney can come through and it gives him an opportunity because really you never know he could be the kind of guy that has that kind of strength yeah, of right. will that some managers are lacking in the Premier League I'm, I'm sure he wouldn't mince his words you know even though he's uh, slightly more of a blunt object than, than yeah but, every, but everything I've heard about him from years ago even was that he's a very funny guy and you don't see that on, on screen and I think that happens with a lot of these players where they're sort of media trained to the point that they just say the platitudes and whatever but actually off camera, he could be a completely different guy, you know, and he could be a real force in the dressing room. As we, I think we know he is as a player, but maybe as a manager as well. Yep. We've got no idea what he's like tactically. He might be terrible. He might be the next Guardiola. We've got no idea. But for now, he's playing for Derby County, and so far, he's been outstanding. Yep. And as I say, it might fizzle out next week, but regardless, it's been a good signing for Derby because now we can attract more investment. Yep. Hopefully, we can make another push for for the Premier League what, the one thing I would add to that is well the, one, the, the only time I've ever had players of that calibre at a club say Diddy Haman at Stockport or you know Paul Ince when he was a gaffer at uh, Macclesfield well, you know I didn't I, he signed me and then yeah, left yeah. but when I've heard about these guys some of them when they've dropped in they just they, this somehow they trans, transmit some of that quality either you get to see it in mm. training every day and go that's how good I have to be yeah. or they expect it of you and go that's not good enough even your best isn't good enough they make you better players so, so when I, you were playing for Paul Inns then let's say did you or say for Diddy Haman say, Diddy yeah. Haman then did you, was it, were you consciously thinking well, don't fuck this up because Diddy well, Haman's watching me well the more, more to the point it was right at the end of my career we were watching I was watching on the touchline with him and he just turned and looked at me and went I've never seen the ball given away so many times in a training session because he'd literally come from a very high standard and just like the simple act of looking after the football seemed so alien to lower league players everyone gets yeah, the ball yeah, and yeah. goes what can I do now rather than he, he already knew what he was doing when the ball came to him he actually knew where he was going to run he knew where he was going to get the next pass and yeah, that yeah. level of football thinking that Rooney has got Chess. just built yeah it's just just inbuilt yeah. and and you would assume that some of the managers that he's played under it's, it's it didn't take a lot of those Scottish managers came out of the 80s where basically their managers were arseholes mm-hmm. they were just bastards that just said this is how you do things and if you're taught how to do that that's the only way you know so yeah. I'm hoping that Wayne Rooney maybe has taken some of that on because if he's learnt off Ferguson and taken some of that in well not a bad guy and, and off, look right. at some of the other managers that that guy spawned so there we are would you, just to finish this off would you say we might have talked about this before but would you say because I would that this Rooney signing is the biggest signing that a championship club has ever made it's in the conversation it has to be I can't yeah. think of anyone else yeah I mean not not yeah not to that calibre not, not a player that was world class yeah and who still plays I, yeah. I think Bielsa at Leeds is similarly incredible that he came to a championship club but he's not a player I'm talking about no, you're a tr- player you're right. who has this track record who has come in and 
Terms of doubt, it still seems mad to me. Yeah. Well, listen, on reflection, anyone who's listening, if you've got a better offer than that, then yes. uh, jib in with us. But, Tweet uh, us. Yeah. At Football Podcast on Twitter. Thanks for joining us this week. It was slightly uh, slightly different just in fact to getting a few calls in and talking about the FA Cup, but we'll be back to Premier League action next week, won't we, Mark? Back to the Premier League. I'm going to go back on Twitter now and just sort of talk to my new fans. Do that. <laughs> This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.